0: Well, we're going to continue in our series, Tasty. How many are enjoying the Tasty series? Yeah. How many have been tested every time we hear about it? Yeah. How many have been tested with patience? Yeah. How many have been tested with peace? Yeah. How many are really been tested with love? Yeah. No one raised their hand. That means you don't love people? Anyway, but today we're going to talk about goodness. And can you open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5? Again, if you want to know about the series, um, everything about all the subjects we've been talking about, all the different character things we've been talking about in Galatians, you can go on to the GracePoint.com and you can pull it down on our, our web page. Go into the media section, and all the whole series is on there. We are trying to do everything we can online to supply and help you guys. When this is a scripture we've been using throughout the whole time, it is Galatians chapter five. Starting in verse 22, if you have your Bibles, otherwise on the screen, if you have your smartphones, put those on. I understand you have smartphones, so don't play Angry Birds. So, here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today we're going to talk about goodness, goodness, Goodness is, is, uh, when I started studying for goodness, I started realizing um, we don't talk about it much in the media. We don't talk about it much with ourselves. It seems like we're infatuated with bad news, infatuated with things that go wrong. When I watch ABC News, I love it at the end of ABC News because they always put down the person of the week. And the person of the week or the family of the week have done something good for society but they put that at the very end of it when they should put it in the front of it and get you at least keep you encouraged as you go through the bad news amen but goodness is something that god has called his church to present to the world now me you and everyone out there has never seen god but they see the works of god through us when we talk about the fruits of the spirit there was a, it was a conference this week called the World, it was a global leadership conference that Bill Harbels uh, put together. He does it every year, and I'm going to take the staff next year. We're going to go to Pioneer Drive and watch it via satellite. He said this statement. He said it two years ago, and he keeps saying it every single year. He, ends, he starts the conference when he ends with the conference. And this is what he said. And I want you to really take this, because it puts uh, us in a, in a light that you probably never thought about. It said this. He says this. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. Not the Democratic Party. Not the Republican Party. The local church is the hope of the world. A bold statement. But such a true statement. Jesus is the hope of the world. Everyone agree? We are his children. Everyone agree? So if Jesus is the hope of the world, his children will present Christ in this world to bring more hope. To change the world. You might not think that way. But everything that you're griping about, everything that we're upset about, everything that we complain about, we can change it through the church. Because when you read this Bible, it talks about us changing the world. One person at a time. The gospel is the only thing that can diagnose society and tell you what's wrong. An MD can't. The gospel is the only thing that can tell you exactly what's wrong with society. And I'll give you the word. It's called sin. Hello? And is sin in the world? through a man, and grace in the world through the Son. Now, as sin abounds, how much grace abounds? And we're part of the grace race. Come on, somebody. We're part of the grace race. It don't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter how old we are. We're part of the grace race. Because we are the hope of Abilene. What're a hope of our schools. We're a hope of our universities. We're a hope of Dias Air Force Base. We're a hope of Blue Cross Blue Shield. We are the hope of the world. And you're looking at me like, "That's impossible. You don't know where I come from. It doesn't matter. You've been transformed by Jesus Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. You have the fruits of Christ. You have the grace of Christ. You got the gifts of Christ. You got the power of Christ. And you're called to change the world. So when we talk about the fruits of the spirit, I love what Crystal said. It's not about us to receive. It's about us to transform society with it. The goodness that everyone's looking for resides in us. Hello? It resides in us. And I love The challenge. I love the mission. I love that we go to a workplace and no one knows Jesus but us. And then we get to influence the workplace by our fruit that is grown in an environment of worship and prayer and the word. And we grow up. I love, you know, we love to have those, I'm not a I'm not a um, farmer, but what's those things, um, hothouses that they grow all the plants? Greenhouses. What do you do after you um put them, you get them out the greenhouse? What do you do? You plant them. And this is like our little greenhouse on Sunday, and then we get to run amok all through Saturday. Shooting fruit everywhere. Cause when we talk about goodness, how many love a sweet apple? Right? When you bite into it, you say, man, this is what? Good. Here's a challenge. When people bite into your life, is it good or is it sour? That's a challenge for me, too. I'm talking about the fruits of the Spirit, most of it rubs against anything I want to think about or walk. But we're all here going through this so we can be the hope of the world. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16 talking about goodness. Goodness is the willingness to do right, an external manifestation of moral upright, uprightness, of rightness. I love that. But let me give you the scripture first. I'm jumping ahead. Thanks guys. Keep me on on task. Do not neglect to do good, to share what you have. For such sacrifices are what? See, God tied it up in verse 15. talks about our praise. talks about our sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice to God when we offer praise. And we often we do good. Do goodness. Do good work. God is well pleased with that. I love a guy in Enoch Enoch in Genesis chapter 6. He he walked with God and then he didn't walk anymore. He pleased the Lord. God took him. That's what he said. God took him. Now, how many want to walk like, you don't have to worry about a burial plan. <laughs> you ain't not to worry about a casket, all those things. God just takes you. Because I'm walking with him. Wait, they said, they asked Donna, we're Pastor Rich God. I don't know if God took him. But if he ain't, God didn't really take him. I want to take him when he gets back. <laughs> Sacrifice pleasing to God. What is goodness? It's a willingness to do right. An external manifestation of moral uprightness. Now I'm gonna give it to you plain, because those are fancy words. I love our city. And I saw something on television. I've been trying to search out this out news for good news on the news. Versus we already know the gas is gonna go up. It'll go down next week. Don't worry about that. You know, the housing was down, whatever down, goes up. It's going to change. But you know there was a lady and a family whose house was destroyed in Abilene on a third in April and it was a young youth group at a St. Paul's United Methodist Church spent the whole of summer. They said we're going to help communities in needs, in their need and they're going to restore those communities the best way they know how. First they started in, in Joplin, Missouri. You know the, the tragedy that happened there. And then there was a house that burned here in April. And they said, we're going to come back and we're going to work. And we're gonna, everything was just destroyed. They didn't, the people didn't even know. The family had limited insurance. The man spent so much time in the hospital. So they went through the rubble to shovel things out and find something, keep keepsake for the family. And they were able to find, discover, two. I love when God leaves a remnant two photo albums that they can, they can salvage out and they decide they're going to go ahead and rebuild this house. And they were out there doing their thing. And you know the news, they got to ask you the question why. And here's an answer from a, a young 16-year-old. And I hope this is our answer. It's not about getting something or being public. He said this. I just like doing this. I enjoy helping other people. A willingness to do right. External, it was manifested in the in our community. It was morally done to the public, to a family who was changed. It hit the newspaper, but it changed that youth group's life. Changed the people who were doing it, and it changed the people who received it. Guys, I'm here to tell you, church is more than just coming here. And hope you give me something. I hope you give me a good church, pro- a good kids program. Hope you give me a good youth program. I hope you know how to preach good. And your music better be good. And by the way, this air conditioning better be working. No, it's about being hands and feet for God. Jumping in into a local community of this church or whatever church God puts you at. And being a hand. Giving goodness where they need to see goodness. Not crabby. Nothing worse than a crabby Christian. God is good, but they look terrible. And they're, and they're like this. That doesn't fit. Think about it. I saw that. And it changed these people's lives. It was just a young youth group decided, I am going want to make a change. You know, one person with God is a majority. One person with God is a majority. To do good is a spiritual sacrifice that is pleasing to God. It pleases God when we do good, guys. It displeases him when you walk below your calling. He's not like a a, a dad that will go spank you because he's angry. He's like a dad that says, you're missing your potential that I've created you for. You're falling short. You're selling for the second best when I gave you the best he says, come, just come a little closer and follow my way. Share with other people. Give to other people. Don't neglect that. And by the way, while you're giving to other people, whatever you're waiting on, you'll turn around and it'll be there. Too good. It's a spiritual sacrifice. Pleasing to God. It's like an offering. Sweet aroma. It's my kid's. Doing their thing. It's my kids changing the world. It's my kids making an impact. That's why I created them, to make, to make change. When they couldn't recreate themselves, I sent my only begotten son to recreate them for them. So they can do, do good. So they can manifest goodness again. How many of us want to watch a whole news story, a whole half hour of goodness? You'll be excited in the TV set. This is great. Because it's there, but that doesn't sell anymore. Bad news sells. Criticism sells. That's what they call it reality shows. It's not reality. You guys are crazy. Let's look at a couple reasons why, goodness we need to nurture goodness in our lives because, guys, you hear me acting as an old man, like, I'm so tired of this. But I already know that we're the people that can change it to bring goodness to our schools, to dais, to our universities, to our workplaces. Because when you're there, you have a noticed when you're there and you have those who don't walk with God. In the beginning, they came and they cursed a lot. And then when you're standing there, they said, oh, excuse me what what it makes you think what made them think you did that you didn't say anything did you it's the holy spirit messing with their, their conscience Oh, there's something different about them. yeah you didn't say a word but there's something different about them man i bend that curse around them and like i told um, i talked to somebody this week about when i gave, gave my life to them I'm a pastor from overseas that want us, got me to back with god and we go to parties and want to drink and play football and eat, remember? And he show up at two o'clock. And you know what we did? We took all the beer and all that stuff and put it behind tables. And then we stayed till two o'clock in the morning. And then we're like, where's he leaving? Because the stuff's getting bad. And by the time he left, we didn't want it anymore. He never said a word. He told me later on, he says, you know why I did that? I don't want you young cats drinking that stuff, getting in the cars, and killing yourself. But what resonated off him was the, he told us all these stories, and then we're working for him. Whatever he needed, we go get for him. We don't even know why we're doing it. It was the goodness of God attacking our lives and changing our hearts. And like, the alcohol is going bad. And the greatest thing was his presence, and he was full of God. And we just we walked away from it because he was there. See, we didn't see Jesus face to face. We saw the evidence of Jesus in that man. Like each and every one of you, you don't, even see, you don't even see what's inside of you. You don't even realize, even on your worst day, Jesus is inside of you. And you still resonate something off, off you. Now you might not feel it, but you can't negate the truth. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, what's inside of you is resonating outside of you. There's something different about you. That's why people respond different to you. They don't know why they want to treat you nice. They don't know why. or you hack them. They don't even they don't know why do you offend them so bad. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit in you. Now I just want you to connect the dots. That which is resonating out of me, let me put it to purpose and design to touch people's lives. And guess who gets glorified for it? Not me. God does. Amen. Three things. We were created in Christ for good works. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, again, good works is the natural result of following Jesus, loving Him, and wanting to do His will. We were created for good works that He prepared beforehand. That is amazing story. There, that is amazing scripture. How many love to go shopping, especially if you don't know what you want? Now, when I was in Okinawa, Japan, I had a, a, a tailor who used to tell him make my suits because I was a weird shaped guy. And he knew my, He took my measurements from the time I was on the island until I left the island. I even came back, he would still have my measurements on a piece of paper, which keeps me humble because I still wear those suits. And y'all said, they're fantastic. They're over 10 years old, 20 years old, but they still work. And it keeps me slim because that's what I used to look like. But when I would go his, in his office or go into the to tailor, he would put the suit on that fit perfectly because it had my name on it. And I stopped shopping for suits that I didn't know which one I wanted. Because I get tired of putting on 15 different jackets. See, does that fit? That nah, looks dorky. Take that off. Ain't got no cut. Brothers got cut. We can't have that long end like that. What y'all having at? Got the wide shoulders. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going back on the stage. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. Anyway, and I wear, you wear yourself out trying to see if it fits. You don't know what fits, you don't know what looks good anymore. That was our lives outside of Jesus. We didn't know what mate fit, so we try to find a fit. We didn't know what job fits, so we try to find a fit. We don't know who we are, so we try to find this to find out who we are. Christ, when we became new believers, He's given us a path. He's given us a plan, and he's given us a perfect fit. So when you get to know him, you get to know your perfect fit while you were created, that he created before the earth was formed for you. Sterling, there's no fit. There's a plan specifically for you that I can't do. Here's the thing. In church, we get crazy about, I don't know where I fit. It isn't about the church. It's about what Jesus said for you. Get with him. As you start to follow him, you start to love him, he'll reveal your fit. He'll reveal the perfect jacket that you put on, and you'll never come off. It'll always fit. How many realize Sammy's a perfect fit when he's up here? He was born for that. I call him the Reverend Preacher. It's a joke we have. But he was born for that. He's born for the things he's doing. He's born to minister to families. He was born to minister to youth. And we all have to discover that. The perfect fit. The plan that God has for you is a perfect fit. We were created onto good works. Good works didn't get us into the kingdom. We're created for something great. If you're, you see him out aimless I don't know what I want, get with Jesus and have him reveal it to you. If you don't know where to start, just start helping somebody and you'll, wind, you'll be surprised where you wind up. But we were created the good work for good works that He already ordained. He already knew what I'll be doing before I did this. And I am like, "Hey, a new revelation, guys!" And that's old. I knew that anyway. When you were born, Jack, when you were conceived, I already had the plan. It says in Psalms 139, I already knew this. All your days are marked in a book, guys. Find your pages. Where do you find your definition? Where do you find your pages? Only in the, in the body of Christ. That's where you find definition, not outside. No one can define my life. Because when they try to define my life, they always define too small. God knew the perfect woman I need to marry, who can keep me under control. He knew that. He just forgot to tell me that. Right? How am I doing? All right. He knew that. Not walk, you walk aimlessly when you don't plug in and abide with Christ. But the good works that we're talking about, only that you can do, no one has the same fingerprint by design. He designed you. He planned it. He wants you to find out what he has for you. But the only way you're going to find that definition, the only way you're going to find that clarity is in the body of Christ. Outside of that, it's an experiment. Take this coat off. Let me try this coat. That doesn't fit either. I guess I'll get rid of this one. It's an experiment. And you're experimenting trying to find the right thing. And the right thing is only in Christ. Good thing. um, God, um, good works wins us a right to be heard. When you help somebody and you show goodness someone, they will hear what you have to say. But if you just want to say, hey, I, I know all this. They don't care. Can I be real? They don't care. They go to school. They go to play. They meet a lot of people who know a lot of things, but they barely meet people who care about things. They don't care unless they, they know you care. And good works opens the door to people. You want to turn an enemy to a friend? Bless them. Bless them. You'd be surprised. Amen? Here's another thing. We are called to imitate what is good. Third John 11. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil, oh, this is, it, this is something else, has not seen God. This is a story that John wrote in third John. Three people, Gaius, who he wrote the letter to, Demetrius, who is named as a faithful servant, in Diopolis, yeah, Diopatris, Diotrephes, I call him, as one guy calls him, Diotrephes, who was arrogant and proud. And he was saying, don't imitate Diotrephes. What they were talking about, old-fashioned hospitality. What he was saying is, as people, as ministers would come into a city, and they want to minister into a church or any type of ministry, the Christians in that city will open the doors for them to come in and let, and stay there with them and take care of them. Gaius, Gaius did the great. Demetrius was a faithful servant. But the other cat wanted to be in charge. He was arrogant. He was not hospitable. He said, anyone who even, this is how crazy, he was the leader of a church. Whoever brings a Christian or another traveling missionary into the house, I'm going to ban him from the church. The Atrophy said, I'm going to ban him from my church because I'm the top guy. He wouldn't even let John, the apostle, come in. And that's what this reflection was. He says, you imitate Demetrius. But he has, it's just so plain and simple. Evil, you have not seen God. Good, you know is from God because we serve a good God. And only God exhibits goodness, not evil. And there's nothing worse than an arrogant, disrespectful, judgmental believer. With no hospitality and no hospitality at all. And you know our greatest? Here's our greatest test in Christianity, guys. You ready for this? That's why life groups are so tough to form. Because we don't want people in our house. Come on now. You can say, I'm not trained enough. No, really, to sit down and have a cup of coffee, you don't need training for that. I don't have time. Oh yeah, he was at the mall for six hours. You got time now? No, hospitality is our biggest thing. Even when you look at the leadership, leadership from the internal, you gotta be hospi- you gotta have hospitality. You gotta practice that. Let people into your life. Let people into your home. And he judged it by calling it evil when we push him away. Well educated, arrogant. I'm in charge. No one's gonna preach. I'm the only guy. John, you're not allowed. John's the apostle. John, walk with Christ. You're not going to let him into your church? Are you crazy? Well, he made the book. Because those who do good prove they are God's children, and those who don't prove they're not. One thing, I'm, one thing that Bill Hybel says, the mark of a leader is humility. And I, we have to fight that every single day. The humility. Others first. Others first. Because most of the time when someone says no, has nothing to do, they don't have time, and I don't know how to do it. It's We don't want people. We build houses like that, don't we? We don't have sidewalks anymore because we, no, we don't want to be bothered with anybody. Hi, how you doing, neighbor? Click. Yeah. Down. See you at 7 o'clock. Get out of my way. I'm down 1750. You better get out of my way. And where are we going? It's only 15 minutes long. Those who, don't, who do good prove they're God's children. I love John said it straight. The atrophies? No. How about you? What spirit are you walking in? See, it's more and again, guys. And I love it. It's more than just coming and hearing and hearing. But never living. So everyone wants knowledge and knowledge, but you can't separate knowledge. You can't le- uh, le- uh, separate learning from living. Because you got puffed up and you know everything, but no one knows you and no one cares about you. And, and the way Jesus Christ uh, built is with people. We need each other just to get where we need to go. How are we doing? Last one. We'll call the walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Colossians I hear. I don't hear any Bibles moving. I'll wait till they move. OK. I learned in World Leadership Conference, if you don't take notes, that means you just that. You got a great memory or you can care less what I got to say. And I hey. I got convicted, too. Anyone who speak when I was an associate pastor, I, I know it all. God said, you think you do, huh? Colossians 1.10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. It's Paul talking It's a part of a prayer that he has for, uh, for believers. It says this. The more fruitful we are in good works, the more we shall increase in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit that remains. Because the more you're serving, the more you're increasing in in who God is. When you're walking in God's will, he's going to teach you so many new things that you didn't know. And good works, as you learn. You know how I learned how to be a great usher? give you an example. You have sister and brother, you know, they've been coming to church for 12 years. And the church starts to grow. And I got my badge on. Brother, sister, can you move over so we can put the new guest in? And they look at me like, brother, I ain't moving. In fact, you need to get out of my face. So guess what I learned? A left hand, didn't I? <laughs> no. No. I learned humility. Now, yeah, I went to Moody Bible Institute. I read that in a book. But the book ain't real life. You know what I learned? A lot of knowledge. But, guys, as you grow in your knowledge of Christ, grow in the grace of Christ. I have to learn how to, I learned grace for those people. Haunts me today. Have nightmares. (laughs) Can I hit you just one time, brother? that's what it is you grow in the grace as you serve you know how Jesus felt when he died on the cross and they all rejected him he had to have grace said father I'm doing this for you I'm not doing it for me see everything we do we do as believers we're not doing it for us none of it we're doing it for the glory of God. When they see me, I'm hoping they see Christ in me. I hope to make a place change different because they saw Christ in the workplace, not me. They saw the works of Christ in the workplace, but I don't want to be lame, I don't want to be known as someone who was faithful and someone who presented Christ in every place he went to. And we're tested every day, guys. You know when you go to Walmart and people don't want the carts to fly into your car and you wanna jump out and you wanna Right. Who uses grace? you I'm like, man, grace. I'd rather not learn that lesson. You no know one, we learn grace in the schoolyard of life. Some of you are under some heaviness in your life, been through some stuff you thought you'd never go through. But guess what? You're in school. <laughs> and we can't, some of us, we can't even pray it away because God is teaching you something. I thought I had faith. I did. To a I talked to Booker and what he went through, I had no faith. I said, that was faith. Would I walk around with? Challenge me in my faith. He thought he had faith until he went through the schoolyard of life. And you never give up the jacket. Because when you think you arrived at a level, he'll take you to another level. But as our works increase, our knowledge of God, our intimacy with Christ increases. has to be a balance. I'll spend time in prayer, spend time in the word, but I need to spend time helping people. He balances it out because I don't become too proud and too upright in my thinking. But I stay through humility in my serving. You know, I listen to, I'm part of PreachingRocket.com. They said, look, guys, man, nobody going to think they're going to listen to you because... You're a pastor. They're going to th- listen to you because you're passionate. That blew us up in the room. Like, Man, I, thought, I thought that might have something to do. He said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You got to have something to say. And you better let the Lord speak through you. Our lives are meant to glorify God. Matthew five sixteen says that. Let our light shine before men. So they may what? Hear your good works. Hear your good works. See your good works. See your good works. See that you stopped and helped them. See that you still have grace for you. Understanding that Christ in you is the hope of glory. And the fruit that we have for goodness. Reason why we have so much fruit of goodness. How many believe you got goodness in you? How many don't feel like you got goodness in you? Y'all afraid to open your hand? So you look like it. So Ms. Sammy, uh, Pastor Samuel. said, y'all need to smile. Look like you have some goodness. The goodness that we give out, we can do that because of the goodness we receive. Our God, how many believe our God is good? How many love Psalm 23.6? I thought I like the end of Psalm 23.6. I love 23.5. He'll put me, he'll put a, a table in front of my enemy, because I love to eat. That means the devil can't touch me when I'm eating. But six says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord, what? Forever. Forever. Now, here, here's a simple, let me give you a simple analogy of what that looks like. Who can I pick on? No, I ain't going to pick on you. Come on, man. Come on, strong man. You a football player. Get behind me. You better win too, man. Cause if you don't, I'm gonna pump you up. You ready? Just follow me, all right? And it says, "Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life." Y'all too small. You too far away, brothers. Come on now. Surely it's following me all the days of my life. That means goodness and mercy are at my back and at my back, my beck and call. Everywhere I go. Even when I'm having a hard day, it does not negate the fact that goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Come on, somebody. He's, not, he's never going to let go. Now, you always say, why is that behind you? Because guess who messes with you in the past? The devil. Right? He always jacks with us in the past. Y'all show up on Sunday, and y'all had a rough week. And y'all said to these, you should never said, Pastor Rich gets up, I feel condemned, I'm not free. And you don't know who is what's going on and you're feeling terrible. And you forget that goodness and mercy, the reason why goodness, whenever I have, he's at my beck, I say goodness, he supplies all my needs. Mercy wipes out all the sin. Or what I did this week, mercy wiped it out. So guess what? Oh, goodness and mercy will find me all my days. If I need some goodness, God needs to pay that bill. <laughs> and, Lord, I need this. <laughs> I said a bad word the other day. Mercy said, yeah, that's over. He tells the devil, it's over. That means because you get attacked from the back. That's why he's always messing with you from the back. He never messes with you in the front because my eyes are playing on Jesus. So I'm protected in the back, I'm okay in the front, and life is good because what? Goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. And he hasn't stopped following me. He continues to follow me. He follows you in here today. You need to acknowledge who he is. You got to say he's at my back, and I need to call him forward. I need some goodness. I need some mercy. I need some grace. That's what I need. It don't negate the fact you might have had a bad day, a bad week, but guess what? Goodness and mercy did not leave you. You might have lost a relationship this week. You didn't lose, you didn't lose, you didn't lose goodness and mercy. You didn't lose anything. He's still here. Jesus is with me. He's still with me. See, that's you guys. My job is to remind you who you are. You're not here getting beat up. You're getting beat up for nothing. You forgot to call goodness. And mercy, whenever the devil tried to stab me in the back, you know what you did two years ago. Mercy covered it. Now, Now, let's talk about the end of the Bible. When you ain't going to be here, and I'm going up, you're going down. See? You got to recognize, goodness and mercy is following me. Following me. Follow me, not just some time, all the time, all the days of my life. So when I have goodness and mercy follow me, I can give out goodness and mercy. When I'm not sure they're following me, I hand out what I think people need. I hand out what's inside of me. If it's arrogance, I hand it out. But if it's goodness and mercy, I'm hum- humility, I hand it out. And people need to see it. They need to know it because you need to show it. And you showing up at your workplace every day with goodness and mercy, they see it because they see it on you. That's what the fruit of the Spirit's about. Amen. How you guys doing? All right, y'all goodness and mercy, you got to hang out with Pastor Rich, man. I'll never stop. That's what it's about, guys. Charles Spurgeon calls them the guardian angels of life. I love the I love the story. I love my angels in outfield. Mm. He said, "Things are getting rough." He was exhausted. Who am I talking to this morning? Weary, about to call it in. He said, "Man," and he lied to him. <laughs> He says, uh, you got one more pitch, man. There's an angel on you. There's an angel behind you. And that brother threw a pitch that you never seen. You know, it's Disney. is it a great ending that you've never seen before. Best movie you ever made, I think. Because see, you guys, you feel like you're not, you have another pitch. You don't have another day. You don't feel like you have another hour. But you got angels with you. It's called Goodness and Mercy. Followed you when you went through your struggles. Followed you when you went in the hole. Followed you when you're on the hill. We'll follow you down the valley of need. One thing about the Psalm 23. We're on the hill. We're in the mountaintop. But you come down to the valley where we spend most of our life, in the valley of need. As long as I'm in the valley of need, I got goodness and mercy with me. Y'all still with me? How about you? Who needs prayer this morning? Come on up.